Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my video book club that I'm airing here on YouTube. For everybody who is listening on the podcast, on the Suits and Sandals Show podcast, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you giving me your time. First off, I am really hating the lighting right now. I've been screwing around with it for like a half an hour. Uh, it's not working. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know. I'm like all shiny in my face. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, so this is chapter 7. This is episode 7 of uh, my video book club. This is the first book that I'm doing. It is Crushing by Bishop T.D. Jakes. See, that came in good. Now I'm, I don't know what's going on with the lighting here. What is going on? Like, holy man. It's going to be a long episode. <laughs> uh, so the book is Crushing God Turns Pressure into Power by Bishop T.D. Jakes. An amazing book. Uh, for those of you just joining me, uh, this is your first episode trying to understand what this is all about. I am reading this book chapter by chapter. I am dissecting the chapter. I am writing down different notes um, throughout the sections of the chapter. I ask myself some questions um, that either pertain to my life or whatever, really. I then go over what I feel like the central idea is, a couple uh, short and long-term consequences, some issues, maybe if there's a resolution brought up by the author, and then what I got out of the chapter. So again, this is chapter 7. Uh, what is the chapter? title of the chapter is Let's Make Wine, which is a great segue into what I am drinking today. Six Six grapes. Wow, I was going to say six grams. <laughs> That's a totally different thing. Six grapes by uh, W. and J. Grams. It's a reserve Porto. It is port. It is freaking amazing. I absolutely love it. It's uh, more of a dessert wine. The cool thing about port, for um, those of you who do not know, I believe you can open it. Uh, it's not like actual red wine where you open it and you have like maybe two weeks to drink it before uh, it loses the the flavor with port you can open up and six months later you can still be drinking this thing uh, so I absolutely love this um, this is probably the second bottle I've gotten from them uh, from Graham's mm. so good where are they from so this is a product of Portugal Imported by Premium Port Wines out of San Francisco, California. 5% by volume. This stuff is really good. It's a dessert wine. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so pick that up. Pick up the book, Crushing, and pick up the wine. Pick up the port and drink it while you're reading. And you'll enjoy both of those so much better. All right, getting into the book now, enough of that pleasantry, getting into the book, like I said already, we are in chapter 7, episode 7, so to kind of give you a, the rundown of the first six chapters, the highlights, um, or I guess the central ideas of each chapter, chapter 1, uh, the central idea was when you are down, that's when you are the, have the most growth, chapter 2 uh, is a two-part, quality takes time, and you must first be planted before you can reap the rewards, before you can reap the harvest. Chapter 3, we need a guide to help us grow through the dark, dirty places. Um, someone to help uh, guide us through. 
chapter 4, you are not being buried, you are being pruned to produce a better harvest. Chapter 5, you have a choice to follow your potential, i.e. going through your crushings, or you can be blissfully ignorant of your meager existence. Chapter 6, God will not give up on you. You are never alone. I will repeat that. You are never alone. Okay. So this is Chapter 7. This is Episode 7. I, I got to tell you guys, I'm having a great time reading this book. Um, for those of you who are maybe not so much into religion, okay, fine, great. Still pick this book up. It is phenomenal. The concepts in it are terrific. His stories are just down to earth. They're very relatable. I highly recommend you pick this book up. Crushing God Turts, Pressure into Power by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, just terrific, just terrific book. So I'm going to go into chapter 7 here. He always likes to start out the chapters with a quote. The quote for chapter 7 uh, from Dante. No one thinks of how much blood it costs. No one thinks of how much blood it costs. That's a pretty... I, I, I really like that quote. It just, it's very relatable uh, in, into life, period, because people don't really think before they act, right? We don't think of what something's going to happen after we react, or after we act. We just do what we want to do. We're very selfish that, that way. So for that quote to be out there, um, no one thinks of the blood it will cost, no one does. I think we should start thinking about what the repercussions are before we act a lot of the times. Little pearl, pearl of wisdom before we get into this chapter. So let's start it out. Chapter 7 Let's make wine and let's drink some. Ah, that is so good. So good. Starting out, T.D. Jakes starts out by saying that even though his ministry is doing well and growing, the enemy kept whispering in his ear this is the end. You will never make it. You are about to lose everything. How many times has that happened to us, huh? How many times has that happened to you in your life? Being previously poor and now having a more comfortable life, but having the fear of bankruptcy impact his life and his family's life is proving more challenging. The more you have, the more you have to lose, right? T.D. Jake's had to make a difficult decision to continue on his path and fight through the turmoil or throw in the towel and give up all that God had promised him. It was especially hard because he was the sole breadwinner of the family and he employed two of his siblings. So think about that. If you owned your own business, you were supporting the family that you currently have, and you have two of your siblings, brother, sister, whatever, on your staff, if that went belly up, you're not only ruining, I mean, even if it wasn't your family, you're ruining three different lives, but you're ruining, ruining three different families. That's a lot of burden to carry. On top of that, his congregation has, or his congregation was at max capacity for their facility, and they desperate, desperately needed a new building, but had already been denied a loan five times. 
It all seemed to be piling up on him. Pressure to continue God's work, weight of providing for his family, bleeding of a leader who suffered alone, and crushing of his heart as he cried out to God. He's got a passage here, Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Begging for an answer, T.D. Jakes cried out to God, Lord, please get me out of this. I know myself, I've done that a lot in life where I've begged God to relieve me of the pain of the crushing I'm under currently because I don't feel like I have the strength to go through it. Um, And that's just me being naive. That's me being lazy and weak, really. Um, If you're here for the last chapter, chapter 6, again, the, the main concept of that is God will never give up on you. You are never alone. It's very easy for us in our time of need to think that we're by ourselves, to think we're going through this alone, to think that God isn't there with us. We're going through our crushings. We're going through our pains. Um, It's easy to think that, and that's why we cry out, you know, God, help me, take me away from this, you know, take this burden away from me, help me. Uh, It's very easy to do that, not knowing that God's already there with you, helping you through it. He's not going to relieve it. He's going to help you through it, okay? So that is the end of that first section. I've got a couple questions to ask myself here. Would you stop being the breadwinner to chase your dreams? Now, I ask myself that question because I am chasing my dreams right now and I have a full-time job that I do and it is crushing me. It really is. Um, I so desperately want my business, my dream to work right now. You know, it's easier to transition from something that's working to something else that's working. It's extremely hard to transition from something that's working to something you're not sure about, even though God has put in your path and has called you to do this. And call an excuse, call whatever you want. I lean on my family and being able to protect and provide and please them. So I, I use the job that I have as, you know, a crutch, as my fail-safe if this dream doesn't work. Even though I know the dream's going to work and it's going to take longer doing a job while building this business on the side, I know it's going to work. So I guess the answer to the question, would you stop being the breadwinner to chase your dreams? I guess the answer is no. Um, I would say I'm too scared to stop because I don't want to put my family through hardships. I would rather take all the slings and arrows and have them, you know, in a lap of luxury than having us all take the slings and arrows. I know I can take it. Um, I've, I've willed myself to take it. I have put myself in the position to take it. And I feel because this is my dream and I'm chasing it, I should be the one to take it. Um, so it's, maybe it's selfish, maybe it's, you know, call it whatever you want. 
I guess the answer to that question is no, I'm, I wouldn't stop being the breadwinner um, to chase my dreams because I still want to provide for my family um, and make sure that they have a good life. So if I'm, th- I'm thinking about this right now while I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm, you know, the book is called Crushing. It's called that for a reason. God puts you through these, these tests in your life. And he doesn't do it to hurt you, to harm you. He does that to build you into something better. And I guess if I have to be, you know, if I'm going to be extremely honest with myself and with you, I'm going against his will. I'm fighting him thinking that I know better and he doesn't. If I have to coach myself and I'm really looking at this at a 30,000 foot view, I don't have the faith enough to know that he's going to take care of me and my family. Even though I know there's still a part of me that's that's fighting this. Ooh. I desperately want to be the person that chases their dreams because I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to make it. Well, I'm going to have to do a lot of soul searching right now. Holy boy. I'll do this after this. All right. I won't burden you with that. So the second question I have for this section, have you ever doubted the path you were on? Yes. So there's two different paths that I've doubted that I was on. Actually, three now that I think of it. First was in the Marine Corps. Um, And the big time that really stood out is when I transitioned from being in Okinawa, Japan to 29 Palms, California. That was really the first time I did that by myself. Going down to Okinawa, I did that with a couple different people that I graduated from my MOS school with my, uh, my occupational specialty. So we all went out there together. So it was a group of us. So going from Okinawa to 29 Palms, that was me on my own. So I questioned why was I here? You know, what, what is life all about? I, I really questioned. I was actually in my car crying at one point um, because I was so scared of what I'm going to do and what's going to happen. Uh, the second path I doubted was when I was in a network marketing company. Um, I doubted that path basically because I wasn't working it. Um, not that the, the business failed me, I failed myself. So I doubted there. And the third path I doubted that I'm on right now, the, I'll call it life coaching uh, because I guess that's, that's the umbrella term for you know, what I'm trying to do here, but it's, it's more than that. It's guiding, it's mentoring, it's helping you become the best person you can be. Um, so I doubted that for a couple years, um, you know, almost five years straight. I doubted that. I, I ran away from that thinking that life coaching is hokey. You know, it's almost like a tarot card reader in my eyes. So I fought that for the longest time. Um, but I stopped doubting. I'm on the path now. And, you know, if going back to that first question, I, I think I need to do some more soul, soul searching and understand where my life is leading me. All right, so that's that first section there. Moving on to the second section, it's titled Crushed for His Purpose. Excuse me. Uh, T.D. Jakes did not know he was being crushed, that this was God's plan. Jakes knew what it would 
Jakes knew that it wouldn't be easy to get what God has offered. And it became apparent to Jakes that when that he would have to fight for it. So he knew it wouldn't be easy. Uh, he knew he was going to get what God offered. And he also knew that he had to fight for it. The enemy was preparing itself. It saw T.D. Jakes in a vulnerable state and sought to take advantage of it by trying to trip him up, turn him, and torture him away from what Jakes knew he knew what his destiny was. Jakes knew theoretically these obstacles, but actually going through them was another lesson altogether. Uh, one of them, one that left him battered and bruised. I think a lot of us, uh, myself, you know, especially, have felt the enemy, you know, whisper down our neck, whisper down my neck and tell me that I'm not worth it. Um, that it's, there's no point in going on. There's no point in doing it. You're going to fail. You know, all that stuff. It's hard to continue going forward when you have that in the back of your mind. And it's not you. You're not the one doing it. It's it's somebody trying to deter you from your best life possible. So if you're getting those, if you're hearing those voices, if you're hearing those thoughts, I beg you, I am pleading with you, stop. Stop listening to them. Soldier on. Keep going forward. Stay positive. You're going to get through this storm. And you're going to come up the side even better. During your crushing, the enemy will send obstacles in your path to divert you and convince you to abandon what God is doing in your life. People you thought you knew will betray you. Circumstances and events that have no rhyme or reason will enter into your life so that you live an average life. That's what the enemy wants. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to live an average, mediocre life and not live to your full potential. Because if you live to your full potential, you'll embrace God. You'll embrace the faith. You'll understand that you were meant for so much more and can create so much better things in this world. And then the enemy will lose. So he's trying to trip you up. He's trying to divert you. T.D. Jakes had to fake it until he made it. He had to continually wake up in the morning and force himself, excuse me, force himself to smile he could only sleep a couple of hours due to his worrying about everything around him collapsing in on him. Jake's put up a front to be able to continue to preach God's word for his ministry. Jake's was ready for every earthly obstacle, but not the crushings that would happen in his life. Even as we sit here and worry about the future and what it holds, God is always there. He is there ensuring that the blood that is being shed makes it into the wine he serves to others as a testament and promise that he can bring beauty and joy out of the ugliest and most depressing seasons of life. You cannot be a savior or a successful person and not have bloody feet. That's the end of that section. I know we're going through chapter 7 here. I've said it in pretty much every every episode, every chapter. God isn't the reason for the pain in your life, but he is using it to make you better in your life. He is using it to bring you into your greatness. God is always there for us. 
He is in he is there ensuring that the blood that is being shed makes it into the wine he serves to others. So he's not only using you to make your life better, he's also using you, using me, to be able to show to other people that might be going through the same stuff, that it's possible to get through, it's possible to get past. So you're being a beacon of light to others, showing them the way, giving them a path to know that it is okay. You might be failing, you might be hurting, you're in pain right now. The pain's not okay, but it's okay that you're in it and you're not going to be in forever. Get through this season of pain. The other side is going to be where the harvest is. The other side is going to be where your greatness is. So keep going forward. I'm asking myself two questions in this section. The first one is, why do you think T.D. Jakes knew his obstacles but wasn't ready to go through them? In one of the earlier chapters, uh, T.D. Jakes mentioned that he was going through a lot of different pains. Um, I think it was maybe the second chapter uh, where his 13-year-old daughter came to him and his wife um, and told them that she's 13 years old and she's pregnant. And this was only months after um, T.D. Jakes' grandma, or excuse me, his mother passed away from Alzheimer's. So he was crushed from that. He was hurting from that. Then his daughter comes up and tells him that she's pregnant at 13 years old. So he's getting a double punch there. He is reeling. He's, you know, if you're in a boxing match, he's on the ropes. He is falling to the floor fast. And one of the quotes he had in there from the Bible, I don't know what the actual passage or... Scripture reading was. I'm actually, I'm actually looking for it. I think it's in chapter 2. Maybe it's chapter 3. All right, I'm not going to waste your time with it. So the quote is, Physician, heal thyself. That's a direct quote from the Bible. Um, the reason why I bring that out is, even though you might know all the tools and tricks. You might be a professional, an expert in your field. It's so much harder to go through things than telling other people to go through them. So when, when you're talking about why wasn't TDG, TD Jakes ready for these obstacles to go through them, it's easy to say that God's going to help you through the pain, that you're going to go through pain, but you don't know what that pain's going to be. That pain, that pain could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a 13-year-old daughter being pregnant. Um, it could be a loss of a job, losing everything, foreclosure on your home. Um, I mean, you name it. Anything that is just going to get you anxious and depressed, you know, that's a crushing, that's a pain. You're not going to be ready for it. You know, in... In the coaching that I do with people, I, I always tell them about making plans, uh, strategic action plans, and then we go through pitfall planning as well, trying to find the different obstacles out there that would cause you pain and try to point them out so you know, hey, this is going to happen or this might happen. What are we going to do to get through it? So trying to figure out these different pitfalls there to stop you, but you're not going to figure everything out. You're not going to know everything. Shit's going to happen, and you're not going to be prepared for it. So that, that's the crushing. That's why T.D. Jakes uh, 
wasn't ready to go through those obstacles. Nobody's going to be ready to go through those obstacles because you can't plan for everything. Second question, have you faked it until you made it? I don't really think so. I'm trying to think of different areas in my life that I think I would fake it. You know, being in the Marines, having a job, um, even in relationships, uh, whether it's with family, with loved ones, uh, you know, girlfriend here and there, with my wife, my daughter. I don't think I've ever really faked it until I made it because I don't like it. it. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel real. Um, you know, I've tried to put on a happy face when stuff has gone bad. Uh, when, you know, my wife had the two miscarriages, you try to put on a happy face, uh, especially when you don't want to talk to anybody. But the pain's still there when you're going through pain. You know, it's still there. It's it's hard. But you got to soldier on and go through it. So I don't think I've ever really fake, faked it until I made it. I just kept pushing forward. And eventually I got there. Next section is titled Cost Efficiency. While T.D. Jakes was writing his book Soar, I read that book as well, phenomenal book, um, budding entrepreneurs frequently asked him if the price was worth the pain or what do I have to give up in order to be what God has inspired me to become? Jake's, uh, T.D. Jake's mind recalls Catherine, was it Luhlman? Juhlman? I don't know if that's a J or an L. Uh, so she's an, an amazing female evangelist. Uh, where in one of her sermons she mentioned or she commented on how much it cost her to be who she was. So she said it cost everything. And that's the same answer that T.D. Jakes offers to his mentees and those seeking his business counsel is that if you're looking for if it's worth it, what the price is, what do you have to give up, plain and simple, it will cost everything. The process costs you everything, and the master is behind it all, requiring you to ascertain whether you fully trust him or not. God is switching you from the food of failure to the breakfast of champions. The problem you must grapple with is if you are willing or not to pay the price for that radical shift, and the shift takes time. I'm just getting that now. I've read the, obviously I read the chapter, I made the notes, I'm connecting two and two here, I feel like this is talking to me, honestly. With having a full-time job, wanting to do this business and build this into a multi-million dollar amazing business that helps billions of people. You know, God is requiring you to ascertain whether you fully trust him or not. And apparently I don't fully trust him, if I can be honest. Wow, this is a revelation. Holy man, I wasn't expecting this. I was not expecting to go through this right now. Oh boy, okay. Well, there's going to be some conversations we're going to have to have now. Just like in chapter 2, quality takes time. Are you willing to sacrifice the time it takes to be your best? Are you willing to stay in the midst of the pain? Are you willing to sacrifice going 
Are you willing to sacrifice being good to becoming great? This transformation takes time. It takes staying power and faith. Faith to continue and trust that God can do the impossible in your life. This chapter is freaking talking to me right now. Holy hell. All I can say is thank you for being on this journey with me. You know, this is why I put in my book, uh, Right Tool, Right Situation, that you can hear something 999 times. It's not until that thousandth time is when it really clicks for you. Now, I didn't read this or go through this 999 times, a handful of times here. But now that I'm talking to you, I'm trying to teach this to you and give you value, it's really hitting me. It's really hitting me. This book is turning out to be better than I realized. And the, okay, so we're done with that section. The, the question I asked myself, are you willing to sacrifice in order to make it? You know, I thought that was going to be an easy question when I first put that out there and say, yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice. I sacrifice my time. I sacrifice sleep. I'm sacrificing sports now. I love playing volleyball. I just told the team that I, I'm with that I'm no longer going to be playing because I want to keep building this business. So I'm willing to sacrifice certain things, but apparently I'm not willing to go all the way. I'm not willing to fully commit and trust, fully trust in God. Wow. I was, I, seriously, I was not expecting this tonight. You know, I'm recording this at 9.30 at night. I guarantee I'm going to be up to at least 11, 11.30 contemplating what the hell I'm going to be doing here. I'm going to have to have some, some very deep conversations, not only with myself, but my wife. Oh boy. Okay, let, let's continue on. Otherwise this... This video is going to be like five hours long. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. Uh, so the next section is called and labeled Body and Blood. So T.D. Jakes takes us through the Last Supper and the paradigm shift that Jesus is about to give his disciples. Remembering and celebrating the Passover was no coincidence. The meal recognized being spared by the angel of death by the blood of the door, on the doorstep of every Hebrew house. So this we're talking about when Moses liberated the Hebrews, liberated Israel from the Egyptians. Um, so this is an annual event celebrating Moses leading Israel through the Red Sea and away from the Pharaoh's army. So for those of you who don't know, uh, the Hebrews being spared by the angel of death and the blood on the doorsteps. Um, so Moses was tasked with telling all the Hebrews that uh, if you want to live uh, through this this plague that is coming around, sacrifice a lamb, put the blood on the doorstep. That plague will go by your house, and you'll be able to you know live. So that's kind of how how that all spared and went. During this meal, Jesus transformed it. Excuse me. During this meal, Jesus transformed it, saying in Matthew twenty six verse twenty six, take and eat. This is my body. So he's sitting there breaking the bread, 
and saying to his disciples, take and eat this with my body. Only later would they realize that the body of Christ, the broken bread, was being passed to the body of Christ, the church and communion of saints, by the body of Christ, being as Jesus, God's only son, living on earth as a man of flesh and blood. There is a moment at the Last Supper, all reality, seen and unseen, visible and invisible, on heaven and on earth, collide in the crushing. Jesus then took the wine and said, Matthew 26, verse 27, 28, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The price of our salvation was being paid on the cross. The drinking of the wine, the eating of the bread was the was to commemorate the broken body and the bloodshed of our Lord. And Jesus was the one um, that, that the price was everything. He gave his life for us. That is the end of that section. The question I ask myself here is, how do you think you would respond if you were one of Jesus' disciples at the Last Supper? I don't know, it would be a little bit different because if I was a disciple, I would have walked with him through life for many of years and seen his miracles, seen him do everything. So I guess I would still be kind of beside myself when he's out there saying, take this bread, this is my body, take this wine, this is my blood. Well, why am I eating your body? Why am I drinking your blood? I'm not a freaking vampire here. I'm not a zombie. Do you think they knew about zombies back then? When did zombies come around? Interesting. Anyways. Um, I mean, if I just met him and I just became a disciple and didn't know any of his deeds beforehand, uh, how I would respond if he said that? I would just think he was like a nut job. He was a quack. He was a crazy guy. I wouldn't think too much of it. But yeah, if I, if I was with him for so many years, I would really question what the heck is going on, dude. Why are you saying this? Why are you doing this? Moving on to the next section here, God pays the price. That is the title of this section. There are only two things you can do with grapes. You can nurture them with your hands or crush them with your feet. The Lord endured his own painful process to grow us into something that we would become what he already is. Christ is the one gathering us for crushing and enduring the bruises he gets from the thorns. He is paying a personal cost for our transformation. Now, only parents know the sacrifice it takes to successfully develop a child into a healthy and mature adult. T.D. Jake says that children don't realize what parents have to go through for them to be who they are. So he's comparing being a parent and rearing a child to God sacrificing everything for us. T.D. Jakes talks about the sacrifices that he and his wife had to go through for their kids to flourish. And that's the broken hearts, the bullies, medical crises, um, stepping in front of neighbors, etc. You know, all the stuff that you have to do so your, your kids don't endure any pain or hardships. 
and that they also had to bite their tongues when their children would insult them and go against them. You know, my daughter's only three, and I dread the day that's going to happen. I, I hope I have the patience and the fortitude to bite my tongue as well. The sacrifices of the plan that T.D. Jakes and his wife had to do in order to put their children first, it's the same between God and you. So God had to go through sacrifices to put us first, to forgive our sins, so that we may be with him in everlasting eternal life. That is the end of that section. The question I ask myself is, what does God's sacrifices mean to you? You know, in the grand picture, the sacrifices mean that I'll be with them in heaven after I die. It hits home a lot more now that I'm a father. I'm a parent. And knowing what I would put myself through in order to make my daughter's life better. You know, it's just like when she was born. And again, you know, I, I love my wife. And I'm sure, I know she loves me as well. But there's there's a love for a spouse. And then there's a love for a child. And that, to me, is so much greater. There's something about it. It's just unexplainable what you would go through heaven and hell for him and that that's how I feel with sacrificing for her is I would go through heaven and hell so she will have a better life so I, I get so God sacrifices me a lot more to me now than they did before I was a parent uh, going on to the last section here titled profit from the pain your battle scars are your personal testimony that tells that you've been crushed. And everybody has scars. Everybody. Regardless of where you find yourself in life, you paid a price to be there. You've made choices. You've paid the price to be where you are in your life. So be accountable for it. Regardless of your background, You'll have to trade something of extreme value for you to become the person God has called you to be. Keep in mind that being great is not classified by our financial gain or notoriety. Greatness is the level to which God takes you where you are finally operating with confidence and in full in the environment he has placed you in. Like a seed, greatness lives inside you. But it must be cultivated as he guides you through the various seasons of change. And it's in the changes of life that the costliest transactions take place. In Hebrews 12 verse 2, Jesus endured the shame of the cross for the joy set before him. Christ knew that his suffering, Christ knew that his suffering, anguish, humiliation, and pain and shame were necessary. And T.D. Jakes reflects on the crushings of his past that have set him up for the making, for the wine making of his future. So that is the end of that section. That is the end of the chapter. The last question I ask myself is, what have you sacrificed in your life to get what you want? What have I sacrificed in my life to get what I want? 
I've sacrificed my time. I've sacrificed love, um, relationships. You know, I've sacrificed different professional careers and businesses in order to be where I am. Um, every choice that I've made in my life have, has brought me to here. And I know some of those choices have hurt people and have crushed people um, in their lives. And I'm going to say I partly, f I half feel sorry for that um, because I did it. The only reason is I, I'm halfly sorry for that because the other half is there must have been a reason, not only for my life, but for their lives, for them to grow, for them to be something better than what they are. So I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying that it was a necessary evil in both of our lives. But every choice that I've made, bad or good, wrong or right, has brought me to where I am in life now. And I absolutely love where I am in life now. The only thing I would change in what I'm working on is building my business full time. Um, that's the thing that I... I feel like I'm lacking in yet in life, so I'm working on that. But as far as my personal life, um, my relationships with my wife, my daughter, my family, my friends, I love it. I love where I'm at. I wouldn't change it for the world. So that is the chapter. That is chapter seven, let's make wine and let's drink some wine, right? Or some port. Oh, that is so good. So good. So the last couple questions I asked myself here, I feel like I have something on my neck here. It's like something's crawling on me. So the last couple questions I asked myself is, what is the central idea of this chapter? Life is all about sacrifices. You will get bruised, you will get bloodied, you will have scars, and there will be a mess. They are all needed to be able to move towards your potential and step into your greatness. So I feel like that's the central idea for this chapter. Do the issues in this chapter affect your life? They affect your life by helping you work through your resolve and understand that life isn't given to you just because you want it, but that you have to sacrifice everything in order to get it. What are the implications for the future? What are the long and short-term consequences? So the, what I thought the short-term consequences are that you feel beaten, you feel like you are a failure. You will not understand or even know that you are being, you are in your crushing. That, that to me is a short-term consequence. You don't know you're in your crushing. You're, you're just going through pain. Unless you're extremely wise. If you're extremely wise, then maybe, but... In the short term, you just feel beaten, bloodied, failure, but that's your crushing. The long-term consequences are that you finally have learned that you went through your crushing. And it might feel like you are late to the party, but you will have the knowledge and have been able to move on into your greatness. So short-term, you're going through the pain. Long-term, long now I can't say that, that phrase. Long-term, you are... In your greatness. You are in where you're supposed to be. You have your potential. And now you're moving forward for more. Right? 
What solutions does the offer... Wow. Maybe I shouldn't be drinking wine or port. What solutions does the author propose? Well, the one I came out with is fake it until you make it. Even if you're going through some shit in your life, don't let it get you down because it is grooming you to become better than you currently are. So he put in fake it till you make it. I recommend living your life. Don't mask your emotions. Don't mask your vulnerability. Leave it out there. You only have one life to live. Don't don't shorten it, okay? Yeah, you're going through pain. You're going through hurt. You're probably crying in public. Uh, I've done that. I guarantee you a lot more people have. The pain you're going through, somebody else has gone through, and they've survived it. So I wouldn't say fake it till you make it, but keep moving forward. Keep trudging forward. Err on the side of positivity, and good things will come to you, okay? What have you learned after reading this chapter? The more you are being crushed, the worse it will be and feel. Well, isn't that a ray of sunshine? <laughs> but that's how I feel. The more you're being crushed, the worse it's going to feel and be. The enemy will do everything in his path to deter you from stepping into your greatness. I mean, absolutely anything. You may even look and feel like you're at the brink of losing everything, but God will never leave your side. He will always be with you, helping you through these times. You are never alone. Let me repeat that again. You are never alone. I don't care what you're going through. At this point, it doesn't matter. Even if you're thinking about taking your own life, you are never alone. God will always love you. God is always there for you, helping you through this. He's trying to talk to you now. Quiet your mind and just listen to him. <sighs> that is the chapter. That is chapter 7, Let's Make Wine. Um, that chapter hit me. I wasn't expecting this chapter, even after I read it. Again, I'm going to, once I'm done with this, I'm going to have some conversations with myself. I'm going to do a lot of self-reflecting and figure out what the hell I'm doing here. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, both on YouTube and on the Suits and Sandals Show podcast for watching and listening to me. There's a mosquito buzzing around, you little bastard. Frickin' mosquitoes. <laughs> no, but honestly, thank you so much for giving me your time and attention. I, I extremely value it, and I hope I brought you some value. I hope I was able to bring you a couple nuggets of wisdom, something that you can take into your daily life to make it better and to grow, uh, to know that the pain you're going through, the stress you're under, it happens to everyone. Uh, it is a constant in life, and you will get through it. Just keep moving forward, okay? Um, so please like this. Please share it. Please comment below what you thought about this episode or what you think about what I'm doing here. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. 
You can always find me on Facebook. I have a personal account as well as a business page, uh, Jonathan Scheringer and John Scheringer, respectively. I am on Twitter. Not so much. I have an account. You can find me on there. I'll, I'll talk back to you. I'm most uh, vocal on Instagram, so please go there, Jonathan Scheringer. Uh, you can find me on there uh, and send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Or you can go to my website, jonathansheringer.com. Uh, I, I am uh, a coach, a guide, a mentor. I help to, you to take your pain and turn it into your power. Doesn't matter what pain you're going through, I can help you get through it and turn it around so that you are stronger after it and use it to build a better, happier, healthier, and more joy-filled life. So please find me on social media. Check out my website. When you're on there, sign up for uh, notifications of blogs and email uh, newsletters. I do daily blogs, so please check it out. Read what I got out there. And again, comment. If you like something, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. I want to hear from you. So please seek me out, find me. Let's have a conversation. No strings attached. Yes, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. I can do group coaching sessions. Group coaching sessions. There we go. Uh, but I would just love to talk to you. Human to human, person to person, man to man, man to woman, man to whomever. I'm here for you. I want to help you reach your greatness and your potential. So look me up, hit me up. I'm here for you guys. Again, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you giving me this time. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm rambling. So, John, shut your mouth. You guys enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your weekend. And please, hopefully, enjoy this year 2020. It is freaking crazy. Find the silver lining in it. Find the happiness. Find what you're blessed for and grateful for. And hold on to it. I love you guys. Take care.